are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Thursday, June 10th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and ready to dig in today into some news, uh, a revelation that a lot of Dolphins fans had at the end of the 2019 season. We got a little bit of clarity there. Uh, And then a theory, working theory that I have. Uh, Nothing concrete yet, but looking ahead to the Dolphins and their team-building strategies and looking at the forecast for 2022, I've noticed something, something that's very notable. But the news of the day yesterday, of course, was the Dolphins coming to terms and signing first-round draft selection Jalen Phillips. This news came, uh, the Dolphins, at 2.15 in the afternoon on Wednesday, shared Jalen, ink in the deal, pen to paper, it is done. Encouraging to see more continued progress from the Dolphins in their bid to get their entire 2021 NFL draft class under contract before the start of training camp. Now, with the way the new collective bargaining agreement is set up and has been set up going back to the beginning of the last decade. Rookies uh, really don't have a leg to stand on as far as disputing contract values. Uh, There's a rookie wage scale that is in place. It is proportionate to where you get drafted in the NFL draft. And then, of course, for the first round draft selections, you have the fifth year option. If everything goes according to plan with the first round draft selections the Dolphins have made over the last two years, they're going to have some tough choices to make in a couple of years, because you're talking about a quarterback, a left tackle, a cornerback, a pass rusher, and then obviously a wide receiver in Jalen Waddle, and their, their salaries aren't cheap either. But the way the fifth-year options work now with the new collective bargaining agreement that was signed uh, just ahead of, what was it, two off-seasons ago, um, the there are tiers. So this is no longer a... Uh, fixed number. It's based on your performance on the field, and it effectively turns into a pseudo-quasi-bonus franchise tag-esque option for teams to exercise. It's based on a number of things. Playtime. If you are above or average over 50% playtime over your first three seasons, then you would qualify as a Tier 2. If you do not, and you don't play, I think it's 75% in at least two out of three, You're a Tier 1 free agent. It's the lowest financial commitment to make. Playing time is what determines if you're Tier 1 or Tier 2. And then accolades. If you make a Pro Bowl in your first three years as a rookie in the NFL, you qualify to become a Tier 3 fifth-year option. And if you qualify for multiple Pro Bowls, then you are a Tier 4 fifth-year option, and that is very, very, very expensive. Now, for the Dolphins, obviously... Everything's still on the table for every single selection the Dolphins have made over the course of the last two NFL drafts in the first round. But if we get down the road here a little bit, and this is just front of mind because Jalen Phillips has signed his contract now, so both first-round picks are under contract. Miami has drafted premium positions. Quarterback, offensive tackle, cornerback, wide receiver, defensive end. I don't care that he's on the roster as a linebacker. I do not care. It's going to rush the passer. You think the Dolphins' number crunch now is tough. Let's let's hope things go so well 
way the Dolphins draft classes from the last two years, that they have to make a difficult decision and let one of these first-round picks walk out the door. Let's hope it's that bad of a problem because that means they hit on all of them and they're all playing really, really good football. We could only be so lucky. We're also quite lucky to have Jalen Phillips. I'm excited to see him in action this year. Uh, So tip of the cap to Phillips, regardless of whether or not he's classified as a linebacker and rushing from two-point stances or as a defensive end and rushing from three-point stances. He is most likely the Dolphins' best pass rusher from the jump. Glad to have him. Glad to have it locked in. Glad to have that taken care of. So now Jalen can strictly focus on being the best version of himself on the field that he possibly can be. As a quick reminder, the players, the Dolphins rookies, still left unsigned at this point in time. We got both the first-round guys taken care of, and we got the day three guys taken care of. Those day three prospects still yet to sign their contracts. Liam Eichenberg, Javon Holland, Hunter Long, the three outstanding rookies for Miami. Uh, But not to worry, and as we said, because of the rookie wage scale, there should be very little wiggle room. It's just any fine print that... uh, any of these players is hoping to get written into their respective contracts. But Dolphins locked and loaded. They are looking very good. They got the premier blue chip guys under contract. Let's take care of the rest now. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is that really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You do not stand a chance. Good news is, thanks to Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that the player is in control of, winning is within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all, you have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero's Daily Fantasy Sports the way it was meant to be one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match that's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Our next subject of conversation today on this Thursday episode of Locked On Dolphins, former Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, now the defensive coordinator with the New York Giants. You remember, at the end of the 2019 season, the Dolphins closed with a 5-4 and four stretch over their final nine games. Ton of momentum, closing out the year, beat New England in Foxborough Week 17. Everybody's juiced. Everybody's excited about momentum. And lo and behold, the Dolphins lose both of their coordinators within a very, very short stretch of time at the end of the season. And one of the things I remember getting asked was, Kyle, what does that say about Brian Flores? 
what is the message that is being delivered from behind closed doors that the Dolphins managed to put together the momentum that they did, never mind that they traded Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick away. And after a successful season, and it's one thing that they fired Chad O'Shea, right? They relieved Chad O'Shea of his duties. There was a lot of criticism from players within the organization that O'Shea didn't really have a strong teaching style. His playbook was very complex, complicated, a lot of guys starting together for the first time. And uh, it really took the first half of the year for that to gel. Fair criticism. But Patrick Graham was weird at the time. Because the Dolphins let Patrick Graham walk and take a defensive coordinator job with another team. Despite the fact that there was no promotion involved in the hiring. The Giants simply hired Patrick Graham from Miami to take the exact same job. That's weird. That doesn't happen all that often. So the big kind of eyebrow raiser there was what's what's not being told to us here? Well, Patrick Graham spoke to the media recently, and what he said kind of shined a little bit of light, or at least a clue, into why Patrick Graham left Miami. Patrick Graham says, this is from Dan Duggan. Patrick Graham says he passed on the opportunity to interview for the Jets head coaching job this offseason because, quote, being the Giants defensive coordinator is his dream job. Graham later acknowledged that he does have aspirations to become a head coach, but that's not his focus. So this was from Miami in 2019, a it's not you, it's me from Patrick Graham. So, you know, we've obviously had our concerns about Brian Flores alleviated in the meantime since these person or these coaching changes were made. But it lo- at least gives you a little bit of closure and a little bit of peace of mind to know that Patrick Graham left because Patrick Graham apparently has spent his entire life dreaming of being the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants. Now, me personally, I'd say just about anything to get out of interviewing for the Jets job as well, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but if that's the role that Patrick Graham is happy in, then more power to him. And uh, the Dolphins will get a chance to test their mettle against Patrick Graham and his defense this season because, of course, with a 17th game for each team, uh, the league has opened up more cross-conference play, and you are scheduled, you're the Dolphins, you're scheduled to play the New York Giants this season and face Patrick Graham. So that'll be a fun test for Miami. Of course, there's some parallels. Joe Judge, former New England guy, head coach there, Patrick Graham, a lot of connections with Brian Flores and his staff here in Miami. So uh, that'll be a fun subplot. You know, there's a lot of those subplot games, whether it's the Ryan Tannehill revenge game or the Dolphins revenge game against Patrick Graham, uh, the rematch of the uh, Christmas miracle from Fitz on Saturday night football from week 17 of last year against the Raiders. Lots to look forward to. Facing Tom Brady again as a member of the Bucks. Plenty of juicy storylines. That sounds like a good idea for a show. The best storyline from all 17 games this season. Who knows? If I got a little free time, maybe I'll slap that one together. But I just thought it was interesting to hear Patrick Graham share his insight as to why the decision was made 
for him to go from being the Dolphins defensive coordinator to the Giants defensive coordinator. Apparently, it's his dream job. So good for Patrick Graham. Good for the Dolphins. You can rest uh, peacefully at night, Dolphins fans, knowing that uh, there was no malice behind the departure and split there, at least from the Dolphins, Brian Flores, and Patrick Graham side of things. Chad O'Shea, it's probably a different story just based on what has been reported and what we've heard. No regrets. It's brought us to where we are now. Just like you will never have any regrets by ingesting the world's most delicious protein bar, a Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. We are talking about under 200 calories per bar, high in protein and fiber, low in sugar, 100% chocolate on all their bars, 10 plus flavors to choose from, plenty of variety with Built Bar. You can visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order of the world's most Delicious protein bar that is BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off. Don't wait. Head over to the website today. Use promo code LOCKED15 and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Lastly today, my observation around the Dolphins and their team building uh, approach at this point in time. And what this is rooted in really is uh, the Dolphins and their decision to surrender 2022 NFL draft capital, right? If you think about it, they gave up a first-round pick to trade up from 12 to 6 with the Philadelphia Eagles after trading back from 3 to 12. And then the team also traded a third-round pick that they got in the same trade with San Francisco to move back from 3 to 12 to move up in the second round, eight spots to draft Liam Eikenberg. So a lot of aggression from the Dolphins giving up two presumably top 100 draft selections in next year's NFL draft to move up for players here and now. We've talked to this point about how that messaging is that the Dolphins probably perceive themselves as a team that is on the cusp and they're ready to make the jump, spread their wings, and fly. And that's probably true. I think that's a very reasonable expectation based on the trend of the Dolphins as a team, the talent on the roster, but also the way that the team was able to play over the last two seasons. But I think doing that just based on the performance of the team in a short window would be short-sighted. Excuse me. And Chris Greer has talked about building a long-term sustainable winner for the Miami Dolphins. So I think there may be some other factors at play here. And this is gonna where we're going to get into a little bit of crossover with the work that we are doing over at the Draft Network, me and my colleagues there in the scouting department. What we've started doing, and I understand we have the 2021 season left to be played. But at the Draft Network, it's always draft season. So we've started doing preliminary evaluations of the 2022 draft-eligible prospects. And what we have found, thus far, our collective group has evaluated 180 prospects with scouting reports. What we have found is this class is not good, (laughs) at least as things currently stand. You survey this upcoming draft class. There's talent in certain spots. There's some intriguing quarterbacks. Not that that's going to be a problem for Miami, or at least we assume it's not going to be a problem for Miami, and we hope it's not going to be a problem for Miami. 
But we've done 180 prospects, and we have generally targeted the top names. And what we have found is just 13, 13 first-round grades assigned by our collective group at TDN. And sometimes you hear teams allude to, well, we, we did a two-year study of the quarterbacks, and we liked our options next year, so we didn't make an investment in a quarterback this year. I think it's a very realistic possibility that between the restrictions and access with COVID-19 and a two-year snapshot of NFL draft prospects and a lot of uh, seniors going back to school you know, kind of took away some of the depth of this year's class, Miami very easily could have evaluated and said, you know what, we have a handful of guys that we love in this year's class, we want to go get them. You know what? We really don't love the talent that we see when we look across next year. We'll make a calculated bet and keep San Francisco's pick and bet on ourselves being better than San Francisco. They did recoup a fourth with Pittsburgh and the trade back later on day three. So they managed to get some stuff done as far as future assets, but they gave up a lot more than they gained. And I don't think that's an accident. I think from a strategic standpoint, you could say the team needed the players to compete and we think they're ready to win now. But teams do this. They do look at the two-year sample size. And just our team at TDN is not overly excited about this year's class. I'm just going to read some names to you. Read some names and some positions because uh, we'll identify which ones we feel like would be really slam dunk fits for the Dolphins. Quarterback, Sam Howell, North Carolina. No. Quarterback, Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma. No. Offensive tackle, Evan Neal, Alabama. Yes, absolutely. But he'll be a top five pick. You're not going to sniff him. Safety, Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. Absolute stud. Might be the best player in the class. You ain't snipping if you're the Dolphins and you're going to the playoffs. DeMarvin Leal, defensive tackle, Texas a maybe. Maybe cornerback Derek Stingley Jr., maybe. Wide receiver Chris Olave, Ohio State. It depends. We bring back Will Fuller? If you are, then I would venture to say that wide receiver is probably not on the table for the Dolphins. Two cornerbacks, Andrew Booth and Kyer Elam from Clemson and Florida, respectively. Kayvon Thibodeau, absolute stud. Give me top three, lock. Nick Benito, an edge from Oklahoma. Trent McDuffie, cornerback, Washington. Quarterback, Malik Willis. Where's the fits for the Dolphins? You look at these players and you understand just from a value perspective, a positional perspective, there's going to be college prospects that come out and they ball out this year. And they're going to raise their stock. It happens every year. You look at quarterback prospects, and it has happened year over year over year with top-flight quarterback prospects. Zach Wilson this past year came out of nowhere to become the number two overall pick. The year before that, that was 2020. Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. He was generally perceived as a day-three quarterback prospect. Number one overall pick. 2019, Kyler Murray. He was a five foot eight shortstop. He wasn't playing football. Number one overall pick in a span of six months. The year before that, 2018, it was Sam Darnold, wire to wire until the day of the draft. And then all of a sudden it was Baker Mayfield who came into his senior season and he was generally perceived to be as a day three quarterback prospect. 
2017, QB1 was Mitch Trubisky, a one-year starter who nobody had even heard of the year before. It happens every single year. Guys are going to come out of nowhere, and that's just examples for quarterbacks. But just looking at the overall outlook for the 2022 draft, something that you should look at and find some peace in, there's positions that have a lot of talent. And the Dolphins, they still have a first-round pick to work with as things currently stand. But based off of what I know about this class right now, if I were to pick a year for the Dolphins amidst their rebuild, a four-year snapshot, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. If I were to pick a year for the Dolphins to have as little draft capital as possible, this would probably be the year that I would earmark in 2022. So I don't know if that was a part of the decision-making process for the Dolphins or not. If it was, kudos and bravo to Chris Greer. If it wasn't, regardless, kudos and bravo to Chris Greer, uh, because I'm not super excited about what this upcoming cycle looks like at this point in time. And if that means you had to go up and get your guys because you felt like they were the guys that you needed to put you over the top, then that's what you do. And that's what the Dolphins did. Hope you will hit subscribe on this podcast. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. We got one more show this week. We will be with you all summer long up until training camp. We'll be with you through training camp, preseason, regular season, postseason, offseason, you name it, draft season. I'm Kyle Krabs. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of their Thursday.